Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 24th episode of the podcast on February 21st, 2013. Is that what it is? It's 22nd. We're just looking at an old outline. We pushed oh, it back a day. shoot. That's, That's right. my bad. We didn't update. <laughs> February 22nd. I don't know what day it is, guys. <laughs> 222. It's well, been a week. it's been a week. It has been a week, and not really the, the best week. We uh, we pulled together some outlines and headlines here for the red zone, where we covered the three biggest stories in the world of sports. Uh, we weren't about to talk like about the Oscar Pistorius, the Blade Runner guy who yeah. murdered his model girlfriend. Uh, that's not really you know no. sports related. It's just it's sad, especially considering. The Valentine's Day thing, but yeah. let's not talk about it. <laughs> and we can we could have talked about the combine, but that hasn't really started yet. Although uh, tomorrow, Manti Teo is going to be speaking to reporters. Oh boy! So that'll be interesting. But you know, that's that's a better topic suited for a couple weeks away. So let's just go with the stories we have here. We'll start at the twenty yard line to the world of football, and now I'm talking about European football or. or Soccer. Go. Go. <laughs> well, the World Cup had an issue last time uh, with a call that was made on a one goal in particular, where the ball had crossed the line. You hit off the crossbar; it it bounced just past the goal line, but then it bounced out, and so it wasn't called a goal. But if they used goal line technology or replays, that would have been called a goal, and it might have had a you know, significant outcome. Uh, impact on the game. Oh, well, yeah. for this upcoming World Cup in is it is it Rio? Um, I believe no. The Rio is not. the Olympics. That's the Olympics. I'm getting it all messed up. Well, the next Brazil. What? Right? Isn't it? Bra- well, Rio is in Brazil. Yeah. Well, then I don't. Do they have the World Cup there as well? I don't know. I'm wondering well, if maybe that's the reason that the Olympics is going there. It's in 2014, the next World Cup, wherever yeah. the hell it is, because we're Americans. Oh, it's, it is in Brazil. Yeah, it's in Brazil. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's then. Right. That's right. Well, 2014 the World Cup in Brazil. There. Yeah. yeah. Um, they are going to have goal line technology. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they say? They have the chemo. Yes, they even have a picture here in this article from ESPN that we have in our show notes. A key non-call in 2010, <clears> when Frank Lampard's first half shot crossed the line by several feet against Germany, but was not ruled a goal. And yeah, that was England against Germany, and England ended up losing four to one. Every goal you can get, you know. Yeah, it's distance. really important. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I played soccer like you know since I was a little kid, all the way up through high school, and like. Sometimes it just seemed like nobody was going to score and it would, you know, have to go to like extra time. But it's sometimes just one one goal and it's over. It's like hockey. I mean, sometimes, you know, generally more in hockey, you see more scoring. But sometimes it comes down to just that one goal. So 
Well, I mean, the NHL has done a really good job with you know replays and be able to make yeah. those calls when That's it's necessary. That's a good comparison that I would draw because you could you know bring in a lot more people you know probably around here watch hockey you know in Canada too. So they say they're going to use Hawkeye. Uh, system which is camera based and then goal ref which is a magnetic thing hawkeye makes me think of tennis and that's another i was gonna say the avengers (laughs) or ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 you know whatever but you know tennis that uses the hawkeye system yeah they do for those kind of accurate projections of you know the tennis Mm -hmm. ball is just going you know so fast um to be able to make that precise you know, pinpoint yeah and that's a really cool thing to watch that's another yeah. reason that i like really enjoy watching because i'm like oh i can see exactly where the ball bounced and trajectory and everything on it i mean there are people who will argue about you know the purity of the sport and to have technology <laughs> let's get it wrong yeah i mean <laughs> you want the call to be right and I remember, you know, with the NFL, I mean, the NFL, you know, kind of set the gold standard for replay in sports, I think. Yeah. Um, oh, is, you know, we talked about the MLB um, mm-hmm, yeah. recently. Right. Wanting to, like, use more, rev- like, use reviews, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm totally okay with that as long as oh, you yeah. don't really you know, mess with the, the balls and strikes. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's fine to have, you know, the, the little computer there, but if that becomes automated, then that kind of replaces the need for an umpire. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for things like, you know, at the bases to take a second look at that, I have you know no issue with that. Yeah, I mean, you, if you anything... Use the same strategy for football, you know, take the call on the field, and if, you know, that can stand up, if can overturn it, you know, that whole thing. If anything, it'll speed up the process, I think, once they eventually get it down, mm-hmm. because there's no questioning. It just happens. And they're just like, okay, look at the thing. Okay, it's gone. Go. Yeah, but for soccer or football... Um, yeah, a very easy comparison to hockey, and oh, yeah. I think how well it can be implemented there. I mean, and the thing is, like, it's, usually it's obvious when there's a goal yeah. in <laughs> soccer. I mean, usually the way everyone reacts and the ball's bigger, you know, but um, there are times where it's questioned just because it might deflect off of somebody, it might deflect off a goalpost, but partially is in. Well, that's interesting. I mean... Would you think they'd use the replay for purposes like there was the one play where I think it was you know Thierry Henry for France mm-hmm. he knocked the, knocked down the ball with his hand and then scored but they didn't call the handball yeah I mean I don't think they you know the rules would allow them to use the replay to you know make that call I you think know, it's more just a judgment of if the ball crosses the line yeah I always thought about like handballs and as you went up. In the ranks of soccer, it just it always got more strict. Like it yeah. eventually got to the point where, like even if you weren't trying to touch it and it hits right, your and it arm, barely like, brushes by it. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, you you don't really call them like stoppage. I don't know. They are kind of like stoppages because they you know at the end of the game they put in the extra time if for all the amounts of penalties and things like that. But yeah. those don't really factor in like handballs things like that. So I don't know. I only I I guess that would speed it up, but usually those are kind of obvious too. So well, let's make the play here. Uh, will there be a play that makes use of this technology in the 2014 World Cup? I mean, considering all the different rules and things that that happen in the game, I I don't see why it couldn't happen. So, mm-hmm. Sure, why not? Yes. 
I'm not entirely sure myself. I think that, you know, Lampard strike was kind of a fluky mm-hmm. attempt. More often than not, when you score in soccer, it's going to be obvious. And, I mean, even if it doesn't happen in the 2014 World Cup, I still like the idea. I still hope they keep oh, yeah. the rule. I mean, to, to think that, like, oh, well, it didn't happen, so let's not do this and go back <laughs> on the line. Like, that'd be stupid. Oh, um, yeah. So no, I, it's something I don't to think have that... in your back pocket, you know, like waiting ready ready to see if you need it or not until then just rely on people and i don't think it's being used in the qualifying games like what's going on right now um Mm -hmm. which i think you know there will be a lot more of them that are more likely to happen but during the official games the tournament i i'm gonna say no i don't know just be cool have something to talk about (laughs) oh absolutely i'm sure they'll try to make it a talking point when they have really nothing else to discuss yeah at the 10 yard line here Another college mm-hmm. is under uh, scrutiny with, you know, issues of you know, wrongdoing and whatnot. I mean, we obviously Penn State a couple of years ago. Is it getting it was November 11? Yeah. Wow. So it's, you know, a year and then a few months ago. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but then you've had things, you know, like the Cam Newton uh, stuff. You had USC. So recently you've had a string of schools who have gotten into trouble and you knew this one was coming um as soon as you hear of you know the nevin shapiro stuff where he's you know a booster and he's giving money to these players you know across different sports and you have all these different uh you know reports of this kind of wrongdoing well the ncaa has you know released the findings of its self-investigation related to the miami case and they have deemed it a lack of institutional control which is, you know, the the highest or you know biggest charge that you can get. Yeah. This wouldn't make it very straightforward. Um, you know, however, Miami has already given itself uh, self impositions. Er, Impos? No, that's not the word. Um, they they have self imposed violations. That is the phrase that I'm looking for. I mean, they they've given themselves two years of bull bans. Uh, you know, Penn State got four, what they did, and you know, a slew of other things like this. Um, but the problem here is that the NCAA might have messed up in its you know, in- investigation. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> even when we had the point we talked about a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, where the state of Pennsylvania is suing the NCAA because of these similar kinds of things where they're kind of rushing to judgment, they're not doing a full investigation, mm-hmm. um, they're just not doing their job properly. So, Joel, what do you make of all this? I don't know. Like, a lot of times, um, I don't know, like, just think about, like, what, you know, like, our our fan view is on the NCAA and, like, and how they go about their business. You know, obviously, you know, you would hope that they're trying to do things to make sure that it's fair for everyone and you know making sure keep everyone staying in check you know each school now um it seems like each school has for each department like each sport has somebody who communicates with the ncaa directly Mm -hmm. um it, it used to be that you'd have like the athletic director and then maybe one other person who would like I know at our school we have a guy who is um 
who used to work for the NCAA, who actually is like the, their liaison at the school. Mm-hmm. He keeps in contact with them all the time. And I think like he's just in charge of like the football department. Right. Um, so, um, you, you know, and then a lot of people look at them, especially when, um, you know, there's these violations and they're, you know, Im- imposing their, I mean, I guess you could say punishment for whatever happened. Um, the fans and stuff, they get all upset. But, um, it, I mean, the problem is that these things are happening in the first place. You, you can't do this stuff and then expect them not to investigate. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically some of these people's job is just to investigate schools and make sure they're doing what they're supposed to and not, you know, doing bad things. So I, I think a lot of times when they're doing the investigation, um, maybe they're, maybe, you know, they take a lot of time in doing them sometimes, but maybe they're not as thorough and they don't get all the facts straight as they're like, they're supposed to before they make the report. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the problem. I mean, Um, interesting quote here in the article from Miami's president, Donna Shalala. Many of the charges brought forth are based on the word of a man who has made a fortune by lying. The NCAA enforcement staff acknowledged the uni- to the university that if Nevin Shapiro, a convicted con man, said something more than once, it considered the allegation corroborated, an argument which, which is both ludicrous and counter to legal practice. A uh, really striking sentence also here in the article. Shapiro is serving a 20-year prison term for mm-hmm. masterminding a $930 million fraud scheme. Yeah. Like, dude was crooked and corrupt and he's in jail um but now like and the ncaa like is like one of your sources right and now the ncaa is just basically messing up the investigation and doing things you know counter to what you'd expect yeah um it's it's a really long and tedious article and you almost just want it to go away <laughs> regardless of what school it is like yeah Miami is, you know, punished themselves, and it's not like if if Penn State, you know, got off from not getting the, you know, the death penalty. Basically, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen to Miami, especially when you have Mark Emmert, who's, you know, the president of the the NCAA, basically admitting that yeah, things could have been done a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it, it brings up the point that we make the play here. What will the worst punishment be that Miami receives? I mean, like you're talking like in terms of how they punish the the problem is it's just it's so broad. Mm-hmm. Like what's happened there? It's not like it's just one sport. Um. Which is why, I don't know, like, it it makes me feel like, I mean, there'll definitely be scholarship cuts all over the place. Mm, Yeah, maybe. And um, there's there's fines. I mean, there's fines in every single, because, I mean, there's got to be payment made, basically. I mean, I don't don't know necessarily how how they determine the monetary value of, the fine but that i mean that could be said with any kind of fine that you pay for anything right um so i mean i, I think there'll definitely be fine scholarship cuts um you know bull bands 
for the football team. I mean, they already have two I'm, years. I, that was including I, this year, so. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know. I mean, just because they dug so much more than they seemed like they needed to. Um, that's why I feel like there's probably going to be more out of it than, than you know, what's already been put in place. Yeah. See, I don't know if Miami gets any more. Um, the more you look into this, the more it seems a little sketchy. And I know that you know, we were talking about the the Penn State one. Um, and it's it's something that you can't win with that case in particular because of the topic that it, it's discussing. Yeah. But the NCAA, like, there's you know been all these talk of corruption in there and all that. Um. They're not doing their jobs well, especially when all these cases seem to keep popping up and like no example has really been set. So I'll just play the devil's advocate and I'll say that, you know, you know, Miami's self-imposed bans or punishments will be enough and that the NCAA doesn't have enough jurisdiction based off of their mistakes that they've made, you know, to be able to charge anything else. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. It, it the thing that's the thing that's the worst about any situation like that is uh, when you know you've got like kids coming to your school that are like expecting to get scholarships or something, and then they can't, mm. basically because there aren't any right <laughs> left to give. So you go to Florida or Florida State. Or Central Florida, or just anywhere. Yeah, no, of yeah. I mean, if anything, it, it really hurts recruiting. Of course, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to recruit when you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Huh. Let's what talk about football, so. though. Here at yeah. the five-yard line, um, we are close to starting the free agent season. I think it starts on March fifth. Uh, we're coming up on the combine, so you know, free agents are out there. Teams are, you know. Cutting players, you know, surprising choices more often than not to just free up the salary space. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting names on the list, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, just just <laughs> looking through here, I mean, Plasco Burris is right up there again. You know, Randy Moss. You've got some yeah. here at the end of the their careers, basically. Uh, Titus Young, interesting story. You know, from Detroit. You know, we were talking about earlier in the year how he basically tried to sabotage the offense and. So they finally cut him. Uh, that was like right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I well, you know, anytime you've got like, especially if you got like quarterbacks sitting around, they're gonna get picked up by somebody just because someone's quarterback's going to get hurt, and they're gonna get signed, like you know, week three, week whatever. You know, same, Even thing, if with, you same thing with yeah. running backs. You know, in the middle of the yeah, season when you have exactly. Injuries. I like. That's why I wouldn't like worry about someone who's sitting out there. Oh, they'll be picked up by somebody. But like in in different some positions, it's a lot harder. Though to see Sean Merriman on the list, that's a a name that you're like he was in the league. Yeah, he 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 was. He was a. He used to be like a big part of the league too. Big deal, lights out. Very surprising. Uh, you're know, looking through some of these other names. The Bleacher Report article that we have linked here, you know, kind of ranks them by mm-hmm. grades in yeah. a way, uh, which is an interesting way to look at it. 
Um, obviously, just a, a lot of players out there, you know, serviceable players. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of the quarterbacks, you know, Derek Anderson, Brady Quinn, David Garrard. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Bruce Gradkowski, that's a name that you kind of forget about coming from Oakland. Yep. I mean, he played pretty well in the time that he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, thinking about some of the the bigger names that are out there. Um, you know, Jason Campbell, who's out there. Rashard Mendenhall. I think some teams got to pick him up. I mean, injuries aside. Yeah. He knows how to run the ball. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, his biggest problem is just staying healthy, I'd say, more than anything. He fought, I mean... He was had like a little bit of a fumbling problem. Besides that, he he's real for his size. He's extremely fast. Well, that, that can be shirt up. I'm so yeah. I I'd say just you know he's when he's healthy, he's really. Yeah, I mean, he's if anything, he's a really good fantasy back whenever he's healthy. Yeah. So what's the talk around that area with uh, the Steelers and their interest in resigning Mike Wallace? Um, I I really don't know. I, I mean, like I haven't been keeping like like track of it too much i'm sure they'd love to um i, mean, I just wonder how threat. much it's gonna speed like threat. you know cost them but um i don't know i mean it seems like they're it seems like they're a team where you can kind of just bring in a receiver and plug it in and mm-hmm. <laughs> like i mean nothing against him he's you know deadly when, when he's healthy he's a, probably one of the fastest there is but uh um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure they'll look in the draft a little. Mm-hmm. One of the more one of the more shocking cuts, I think, was Charles Woodson. Oh uh, yeah, cut from Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you think he might end up? I'm trying to think. Uh, where would be a good fit for him? Maybe Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore is definitely a possibility. Yeah. I think he wants but, to go to you know a team that can win a championship just as yeah. kind of like a last hurrah. Oh yeah, I mean that, and um, I think they meet, need more depth in that secondary. I think they're you know um, pretty good, maybe in those maybe in those like first two corner spots, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe one safety spot. But besides that, I think that they are really looking for people. I don't know if you can count out New England though either. Um, oh yeah, they um, could use the help, and they're gonna have they, a solid team. They need a better defense, uh. <laughs> for sure. Um, gosh, looking at some of the players that this article has, you know, ranked a Stephen Jackson to think he's a free agent is really surprising. Oh yeah, that guy is a monster when he's, you know, when you can play. And those oh. wide receivers too. I mean, Dwayne Bow, Greg Jennings, Wes Welker is going to be a big story. Yeah, I don't Dwayne know. Bowe's, Dwayne Bow's just a burner. I mean, mm-hmm. a guy can run. Um, I don't see New England picking Wes Welker back up again. They've had this issue with no. money. Unless I think they, they're going to. I think they're going for. Uh, they'll be in the draft for probably two receivers this year. Mm-hmm. Um, one inside for sure. I know they run a like. What they do a lot with their tight ends is they put them as inside receivers, but they're looking for someone like a younger Wes Welker type, a good fast slot receiver. Right. As far as defensive ends go, uh, Cliff Averill from the Lions, Dwight Freeney from the Colts. Dwight Freeney is getting up there in years, but he knows how to roll up the sacks there. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
if there's anybody that was ever like a sex specialist, it was him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, you could put him in there, and it seemed like every know, twenty plays you get a sack, right? Just on cue. Um, I mean, Joe Flacco is also a free agent right now, but <laughs> dude's gonna get paid. <laughs> exactly, he'll, he'll be Ravens. Yes, he'll be making about as much money as some of his uh, the quarterbacks he looks up to. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it's going to be an interesting, you know, free agent class. And I don't think we're done yet with cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, these teams have to get under their salary cap and. Oh yeah. And then you've got cap. like, you know, once that time rolls around again, when people are drafted, a lot of times they have to rearrange their teams a little, mm-hmm. um, because they got to pay these, those first rounders. Yeah. Oh, Definitely. So we make the play here. One of the free agents we did not mention was Reggie Bush. And it's kind of crazy yeah. when you think of the kind of college career he had. He goes to New Orleans, has a little bit of success, and then kind of just falls off the map a bit. He was in Miami, and now he's a free agent again. Where do you think Reggie Bush I think it's just uh, like learning to use him. The Saints kind of had it, had it right, yeah. I think, at a certain point where... They were using him more as a slot receiver, throwing the ball to him out of the backfield, and then letting him return kicks because those are clearly the things he does best. He, you can ask him to block, but he's just sometimes going to get leveled, and mm-hmm. that, and you don't want him to get hurt, you know. So, um, I'm trying to think where he would fit in. I, for some reason, I really like him at San Francisco. Mm. Like I feel like he fits into that offense really well. I think he'd be a great compliment back to what they already have there. Yeah. But I feel like they'd use him a lot more in the passing game. And I, I think I really think that San Francisco this year is going to be looking for more receivers. Just more playmakers. Because I I think everything else on that team is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking for some more skill players. So um let's see who else. Um um, the first team I thought of was the New York Giants. And then when I think about it, like maybe any of the teams in the NFC East. Yeah. I mean, like Washington might even be a good fit. Yeah. You get some, some option Heisman winner. Yeah. <laughs> some skill there. And you can kind of see him fitting there. I know, oh, you know yeah. people I mean, in Detroit are trying to petition for him to come there, but why would he go from Miami to Detroit? Like that doesn't make any sense. You could run that like ooh, you could run like the zone read with him and mm-hmm. Robert Griffith. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, just option also in general with those two. I always feel like if he would have been cuz he was in a pro style offense at USC, but if he had been in like a more option-based offense in college, he would have had even more yards. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so He um, was, was crazy in college. Like, yeah. I, I think that, um, yeah, Redskins would be a great pickup. Mm-hmm. That is if he wants to go play in Washington. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely different from what he's been used to lately, but, you know, he's, I don't know, it's wherever you're going to get paid. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's all we have here on our outline. We look in the booth preview, things coming up. It was an interesting couple weeks in uh, college basketball. Yeah. For sure. I mean, you had um, the Indiana-Michigan State was one of the big games, and you know, Indiana pulled that one out, even though mm-hmm. that was at East Lansing. Uh, so Indiana is looking pretty at the, the top seed there uh, in the land. Michigan falls to seven. They have a, a big game with Michigan State. In about a week or so, but that's going to be at Chrysler in Ann Arbor. Uh, Florida was sitting at number two for a while. They lost to Missouri. Duke, I think, lost as well. Right now, it's sitting Indiana, Miami, Florida, who I don't think is still lost in the ACC. Then you've got Gonzaga at three. Uh, Michigan State's going to fall from four because that was earlier. Yeah. And Florida, Duke, Michigan, Syracuse, Kansas. Louisville, Kansas lost those three straight games, and yeah, they did. Oh, I think we gave them like the kiss yeah. of death, and we were yeah. saying, "I you, when they came here and we played against them, um, they, I just was not impressed at all with them. I mean, I think we only lost them by like two or something, mm-hmm. and I was ex- I was fully expecting like a just a blowout, and that their second half they just were awful and it seemed like if you could make the you know force the ball out of the the one kid's hands nobody else wanted to score um and i was like i I was talking to some of their fans i was like man you guys can't play like this like the rest of the season you're gonna lose a lot of games and and then those consecutive (laughs) three games that was that was rough for them um as far as the nhl goes um What's his name? Eric Carlson mm-hmm. for the Senators. I don't know if you saw that replay where he basically ruptured his Achilles. Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. And it was Matt Cook of the Penguins who, you know, kind of checked him in the boards. He got his skates up Ooh. high and just caught the skate. And Yikes. That hamstring there. Oh, not. I was just, you see him just in agonizing pain. Oh, and the Senators went on a streak there where. For a few games, they didn't score. They were in like a scoring drought, and you know Eric Carlson, you know returning Norris Trophy winner for best defenseman in the NHL. Like that's oh yeah, that's a tough tough loss. Uh, Rick DiPietro, who was the Islanders goaltender that had signed this mega deal, let me click this article to see what that was. It was a you know a few years ago, and then part of the reason they went into the lockout was to. Stop doing those ridiculous contracts. Fifteen yeah. years, sixty-seven point five million contract. Ooh, boy, and then he just gets injured all the time. So he hadn't played in a long time. They finally put him on waivers. Years, yeah, fifteen years. Like that, <laughs> that's insane. That's like a career for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, goodness, what else? the Blackhawks have not lost a game in regulation to this day, and you know they're playing against the Sharks tonight. That's going on right now, and that's uh, looking to be an interesting one because I, if the Blackhawks win that game or win it overtime, they set the NHL record for you know longest start of a season, you know without that you know for that first loss in regulation. Wow. They're thirteen zero and three. Seventeen games, first seventeen games without a loss would be an NHL record. That's very nice. Uh, so mm. yeah, they're sitting pretty at 29 points. Who's the worst team? It's still it's still Washington, Ugh. but Columbus is only a point up there. And Detroit Red Wings, 10th place in the West. 
Huh. Got like a 21 year playoff streak hanging in the balance. Yeah, I was going to say they've been there. I mean, and then what was it? Like four years ago? Something like that? Mm. Or was it earlier? When did they win their their last? Last Stanley Cup was in 2008. Okay. All right. I knew it was sometime around then. Yeah, and then they. Then it was the Penguins and Wings the next year in the playoffs, and that was the when Pittsburgh won in seven. Oh yeah, okay, that's right. And I think the before that, like like that series, but before that, the, there was another series. It was like the Capitals and the Penguins. It was mm-hmm. like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was like all over. Mm-hmm. And then freaking. What's his name? Sidney Crosby went like insane. <laughs> <laughs> he went like hyper mode, hyper beast mode, hyper Canadian. <laughs> um, the NBA, you know, Miami's got a comfortable lead in the East. San Antonio right now in the West. Uh, Clippers are in good place. In a good place though. We just came off the All Star weekend, and that dunk contest <laughs> so boring. <laughs> I heard an interesting, you know idea on the radio that they need to put in a one-on-one contest you know to try to get yeah. some of the star power back into the you know these skills competitions because I'd you had that. like you had lebron teasing like oh maybe i'll be in the dunk contest and then it's like oh when was it kenneth fareed is like the most notable name <laughs> yeah kenneth fareed the most notable name in the dunk contest you you put that together yeah i, I tried to watch it. i was watching it i used to like like nothing's gonna be like back when like Michael Jordan was no. doing it. Oh man, Vince Carter. Oh, oh man, Goodness. that was that was good stuff. But I tried watching it. I, I really tried. Five to ten minutes in, I'm passed out in my bed. Yeah. I fall asleep. I wake up at one a.m. when like the dunk contest started at ten. I wake up at one a.m. The light in my room's still on. The TV's still on at a relatively loud volume. I'm like, oh well. That sucked. Yeah, I feel like I have more fun watching like uh those college skill things. Yeah. Like the three point shot challenge and three point shot was pretty fun. Uh, who won was the Kyrie Irving won the three point oh, okay. shot. Um, and he made the first was it seventeen out of eighteen shots? Nice. That was impressive. Um but yeah, the Lakers are three and a half games back of the eighth spot in the West, and Kobe Bryant just came out today and guaranteed a playoff spot for the Spurs. <sighs> the, not the Spurs, the Oh, well, Lakers. that was nice of him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, the Spurs are in the top spot. And <laughs> He's like, there's guarantee. What a prophecyer there. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, for the Lakers, though, and... So that'll be interesting to see. And also, of course, you know, rest in peace, Jerry Buss. That was a, another big yeah. story of the Lakers owner. Um, but then, you know, he does have his daughter to possibly hand over the ranks to. Oh, wait, and then she's engaged to Phil Jackson. What? You didn't hear that? Yeah. Yeah, Jerry Buss's daughter is, you know, part ownership in the team. And Phil Jackson proposed to her so a like few a months ago. Was that? I mean, like, that's just like... I feel like it's scripted. Almost. <laughs> like There's also a significant age 
difference and, between the two. Yeah, no, yeah, that's the reason. Well, they've been apparently seeing each other for a long time, and it's just like, oh, yeah. hmm. After and it, it was like when they made that announcement, it was only a few weeks after like he didn't take the Lakers' job, mm-hmm. gave it to Mike D'Antoni. So that was it was just strange timing. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, what else is going? Yeah, combine. Um, you know that uh, Manti Teo. What's he gonna do? <laughs> Oh, and spring training started for baseball. Yeah, that's right. So they had like a big special on it today. Sweet. Um, yeah, I mean, in a couple weeks. It's gonna be a lot more to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're just in a really low period right now, just kind of a, a lull here. So we're gonna wrap things up with this episode. With that, I am Peter, and I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the week in sports. 